Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. The world is nowhere silent. I have borrowed these words from the Reverend David Bumbaugh, a Unitarian Universalist minister of humanist persuasions. He writes in this poem, silence is an abnormal state. The world is nowhere silent. The wind calls from treetops and whispers in the beach grass. The world is nowhere silent. Streams laugh aloud, waves roar as they fall upon the beach. Were our ears more finely tuned, we could hear the crack of granite as boulders are reduced to pebbles, pebbles to sand, sand to dust. The world is nowhere silent. This past August, my partner Alec and I flew to Seattle, Washington, rented a car and drove north to spend a few days in solitude and silence on an island in the Puget Sound. I was excited to find this silence, this stillness and quiet, to put up away messages on my three email accounts to get away. Now at first it wasn't so easy for me to let go of my normal pace. I kept asking Alec, what will we do? And he would smile and tell me, this, we do this. This was sitting on a hammock reading a book. This was taking a walk down to a pebble beach. This was looking up at tremendously tall trees. After a day or so, what I began to notice were the sounds. A Pacific Northwest rain dancing against the roof. The calls of great blue herons echoing through the valley. Our footsteps walking softly on pine needles. And most of all, the sound of waves gently lapping against the beach causing the pebbles to move in a series of endless somersaults. The world is nowhere silent. I wonder when you have heard what Reverend Bumbo calls the endless eternal song. What sounds have reached into the depths of your being, your soul calling you to listen fully? What sounds linger in your memory? 
As I speak, does your mind turn to a dramatic summer thunderstorm, the sound of that thunder forming a bass line against melodies of wind and rain? Or maybe do you remember the delighted laughter of a baby who is only just beginning to talk? Or maybe the sounds of a fabulous concert, the sounds of a wonderful ball game, or perhaps you're recalling the sounds of birds that we heard just this weekend, welcoming the return of spring to Massachusetts. The world is nowhere silent. Yet the sounds of our world are not limited to the sounds of mountain streams, the laughter of children, the cry of wild geese. This weekend's chorus of birds was accompanied by the sounds of cars, planes, trains, cell phone rings. And it is these sounds of our modern, mechanized human world that have acoustic ecologist Gordon Hempton concerned that the world is nowhere silent. Gordon Hempton works as a sound tracker a unique job. He travels the world to record the many and varying soundscapes of our planet. He's tracked birdsong rising to greet the day across the globe. He's listened and recorded the beating wings of insects and the roar of lions in the Kalahari Desert and the murmur of commuters' shoes boarding a subway in New York or Tokyo. Now, in the course of tracking sound, Hempton has discovered that there is no place in the United States that is free of human-made sound for more than 15 minutes at a time. Natural silence, as Hempton calls this lack of human noise, is receding, is fading away. For instance, the sound of airplanes travels 20 square miles, meaning that even in our national parks, natural silence rarely extends for more than five minutes at a time. The noise of urban areas blends together into the generic sound of traffic, this background whir that blurs our sense of place, our sense of identity. And loud noises literally shock our nervous system, keep our bodies in a state of anxiety. Sound pollution affects the communication patterns of birds, the concentration of our children in school, and even hospital rooms beep and clatter at noise levels that exceed what is healthy. So how do we practice listening, really listening, in a world where the Earth's endless, eternal song competes for a rehearsal space with the dangerous melodies of modern noise. Now, Gordon Hempton practices listening by seeking out those natural places where natural silence still lingers and can still be experienced. He describes how a hike into the temperate rainforests of Olympic National Park in Washington State, 
This hike can calm his mind, quiet his mental chatter, so he is able to listen, really listen. Listen for miles and hear the many sounds of silence. Roosevelt elk, northern spotted owls, hundreds of other species of animals. Hempton writes, silence is not the absence of something, but the presence of everything. It lives profoundly in the Ho rainforest. It can be felt within the chest. Silence nurtures our nature, our human nature, and lets us know who we are. Left with a more receptive mind and more attuned ear, we become better listeners, not just to nature, but to each other. We become better listeners. Practicing silence is part of what we do here together on Sunday mornings. We practice listening to and with each other. We turn our attention to that, the rising voices of our choir, the shared sorrows and joys of our friends, the ringing of our 16 fabulous church bells, and the whisper of our own souls. Throughout our lives, we can practice listening by creating and entering spaces of relative quiet and stillness. This is the message that greeted us this morning that we heard in our call to worship. In this quiet, holy place, I find blessed peace within. In the quiet and the stillness of the morning. And this is a message that we can hear, that we can listen for both within and beyond the walls of this church. So I wonder, where and when do you hear the sounds of stillness in the patterns of your life? Do you take refuge in a time of silence shared with family or friends before eating? Do you seek out libraries, chapels, take a walk across the Charles River? Do you find a quiet stillness in that short elevator ride up to your office, beneath a tree in your backyard or a nearby park? Do you claim a moment of silence in your evening commute or in a time of prayer or meditation or gratitude? before bed. My final morning on Guimas Island in Washington State was a time of quiet stillness. A quiet stillness that was beautifully full of movement and sound. Alec and I had packed our bags, retrieved our printed out directions from Google Maps that would bring us safely back to Seattle. But before heading out towards the interstate, we took a final walk down to that pebble beach. I took off my shoes and let the cool water lap around my ankles. And as I listened to the rhythms of that moment, it seemed as if the whole world was breathing. <laughs> 
small waves gently exhaled themselves upon the beach. And then there was the briefest of pauses before the water receded, carrying pebbles back into the ocean in a musical intake of watery breath. I breathed out in the time of those breaking waves, paused, and breathed in the sound of those dancing pebbles. Now those of you who have practiced pretty much any form of meditation know the importance of breath. Breathing brings us into a meditation practice, grounds our meditation practice, and inevitably gently guides us back to our practice when our mind has surely traveled away. Zen teacher Suzuki Roshi wrote, when we practice zazen, our mind always follows breathing. This kind of activity is the fundamental activity of universal being. Breathing is part of being, part of being in our being, part of being in our world. Breathing is something we do all the time, regardless of our level of attention. Breathing is our constant companion. And through the focused attention of various forms of meditation, breathing also becomes our constant teacher. Now for most of us, hearing is also something we continually do regardless of our level of attention. Sound is our constant companion. In practicing listening, we invite sound to become our teacher. And what happens when we enter these spaces of deep listening, when we let sound become our teachers what do we hear? For our soundtracker Gordon Hempton, deep listening led him to realize that soundscapes of natural silence are endangered. With the silence of Olympic National Park as his teacher, inviting him to breathe, inviting him to pause, out of this silence, Hempton went on a quest to protect the acoustic ecology of his beloved park. He started a campaign, a campaign advocating for one square inch of silence, for a tiny corner of the Ho rainforest to be completely free of human noise. Now his project is focused on having flight paths altered to protect this one square inch of earth from noise pollution. Now, those of you who have been incredibly attentive to every word of my sermon and also happen to be very good at math will have by now noted that the sound of jet engines travels 20 square miles, requiring that one square inch of silence be buffered by a 1,256 square mile no-fly zone. You all have that, right? 
So that's a big area, that's a big area that has relative silence where the birds communicate, where the elk call out to one another. When you add up those numbers, one square inch of silence does not seem so very small anymore. Gordon Hempton has responded to silence by pursuing a big project, and he knows it. He writes, I have learned in the Ho Valley that it is not a matter of choosing between what is doable and what is not when making a stand. One chooses between what is right and what is wrong. And when you're alone in nature, the difference between right and wrong sharpens. Silence, he writes, gives me the strength to be a good earth citizen. A good earth citizen. We need more of those. Silence can give us strength. Silence can sharpen our ethical senses. Silence is our teacher, and when we listen, when you listen, what does silence give you the strength to do? And we, when we listen as a community, to and with each other, listen into that silence, what do we have the strength to do? This is a season in the life of our world when we need to listen together, to become good earth citizens, listening for what silence can teach us. The events in Japan this weekend have reminded us that waves do not always lap gently upon the beach, that the ground beneath our feet is not always still that decisions made with good intent will not always keep us safe. It is tempting in these times to turn away from the realities of sounds of suffering and the quiet of fear. It is tempting to put on headphones to escape. Practice listening anyway. Practice listening even now even here. Now is a time for us to return to that stabilizing rhythm of breath. Now is a time for us to listen into that space between silence and sound. Listen for that sometimes distant melody of the earth's endless eternal song. This week, we are sitting in a moment between silence and sound in a pause between the seasons. Winter has finished her final exhale. Spring has not yet taken her first deep breath. We are sitting in a pause. How will we respond? Friends on the journey, may your attention to silence strengthen you as you speak.
May your attention to stillness hold you as you move. May you practice listening, even as you lend your voice to the rising dawn chorus of life. Amen, and blessed be.